Hello, and welcome to Married with Video Games, a video game marriage podcast, talking about everything in between of marriage and video games and the relationship that we form around them. I'm your host, Matthew. I am your host, Christina. And our segment here today is I Made My Wife Play Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley is amazing. Yes, it is uh, <laughs> probably one of the best games to come out in the last decade, I'd say. Definitely. Arguably. <laughs> so, uh, in this, in these segments here, we, uh, I, we're going to come up with different games for my wife to play. Uh, it might be weekly, might be bi-weekly. We're going to figure out a schedule with this going forward. But I might make you play some games too. Ah, uh, well, shucks, <laughs> sounds hard. Uh-huh. But we will, uh, we'll go through a bunch of games and and do little reviews on them and see what she thinks of them. Uh, I. I've played more video games than her, but we've both been playing video games our whole lives. And I only say I've played more is because I'm five years older, so it gives me an extra five years of gaming. Well, plus you played everything growing up, and we were strictly a Nintendo family in my household, which I now have, and you now have all of the Nintendo gaming systems because my brothers left them when they moved out, and I took them. (laughs) (laughs) Sucks to suck. It sucks to suck. (laughs) So, uh, our review today is on the Nintendo Switch, but that's not where our Stardew Valley journey began. I believe I got the game in early 2017, uh, but the game itself released in February of 2016 on the PC, and it has released on several other systems since then, but again, our review copy will be on the Nintendo Switch, and we'll go from there. So, uh, let's go over a brief synopsis of the game, and then we will uh, take our points in. Okay, so if you have never heard of Stardew Valley before, the opening tagline on its website is, You're moving to the valley. You've inherited your grandfather's old farm plot in Stardew Valley. Armed with hand-me-down tools and a few coins, you set out to begin your new life. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, Create the farm of your dreams, learn to live off of the land, become a part of the local community, meet someone special... Explore vast, mysterious caves and customize. There is so much customization in this game that I've it's overwhelming and I've never gotten that deeply into it. Um, in Stardew Valley, players take the role of a character who, to get away from the hustle of the city, takes over their deceased grandfather's dilapidated farm in a place known as Stardew Valley. The game is open-ended, allowing players to take on several activities such as growing crops, raising livestock, crafting goods, mining for ores, selling products, <clears throat> selling produce and socializing with the townsfolk, including marriage and having children. The game also allows up to three other players to play together online. That was actually a newer update within the last year or so. Yeah, that's a recent addition. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eric Concerned Ape, I think it's Barony, developed the game by himself over four years. It was heavily inspired by the Harvest Moon video game series, which you played. I did not. With additions to address some of the shortcomings of these games while using the opportunity as an exercise to improve his own programming and game design skill. Chucklefish approached, again, Barony, don't know, <laughs> B-A-R-O-N-E. Yeah, it looks, sounds like okay. Barony or Baron for some reason. Baron or Barone. Barone, <laughs> yeah. It's been a long week, okay. <laughs> Uh, Jugglefish approached him midway through development with the offer to publish the game, allowing him to focus more on completing it. Stardew Valley was both a critical and commercial success, selling over 10 million copies across all platforms by 2020. 
and we do mean all platforms. Mm-hmm. It started out on PCs. Now it's on Mac, Linux, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation Vita, which is apparently still a thing, iOS, and Android. Uh, yeah, PlayStation Vita doesn't have support anymore. <laughs> I know. But I'm sure there might be a store still available. If you have one and you want to download the game, it is well worth your time. Anyway, so our adventure actually starts uh, with the PlayStation 2017. And I actually just said, I'm making you play a game. Yes, you did. I think. And did I show you any videos beforehand? I'm trying to think back now. I believe you showed me the trailer like a month or two before it came out for the PS4. And then I got home from work one day and you were like, here's a PS4 controller. Figure it out. (laughs) And you're playing this game. Yes. And so uh, first glance, what did you think of the game? Just, Just getting into it, playing it. It reminded me of A Link to the Past. Yep, a little bit of that. Just because it's, you know, the top-down view with the 8-bit, 16-bit sound and sound effects and has that pixely look to it. Um, it's highly addicting. I mean, it's 2020, so we started playing this game three years ago. And we are still playing it. <laughs> We are still playing it. <laughs> yeah. Did it draw you in right away or um, did it take some getting used to? I mean, you, you've you only played Nintendo games. So how did Correct. the PlayStation controller feel? How did the overall feel of the game? And is it, uh, it seemed pretty intuitive to you just getting into it. Yeah. PlayStation controllers, any controllers other than Nintendo always kind of intimidated me because it always felt like a ton of buttons, but if you look at like a PlayStation controller against a Switch controller, it's like almost exactly the same amount of buttons. There might be an extra joy. There's a there's there's a middle button on the PS4, oh, like yeah. that big that swiping count. thing. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> the the main difference these days. Weight, little weight difference, obviously hand feel, but that's uh, you know. Yeah, so. Getting used to the controller was definitely my biggest thing. It wasn't so much the game itself that hindered my playing, but just getting used to a new controller. And I think after the first hour or two of playing, we got pretty into it. I got pretty into it. Yeah, so as a side note, uh, every time I... We don't exactly have the same schedule, so when she's at work, I would sit and play my own game. And then when she'd get home after dinner, I'd sit and watch her play her game because that you can travel and make them vastly different from one another your style how you play the game and then we're the kind of people that like to optimize our playthrough <laughs> so the more we got used to the game the the faster we got into it the faster we built up our farms and that's the main point of the game is just making your farm bigger making it better making it more enjoyable to uh you know making it i said more enjoyable easier to grow uh, your crops and easier to do things rather than making more work for yourself it actually becomes less work and it gives you more time to do other things in the game like exploring the caves and doing all sorts of other fun things the one thing i will say aside from all the customization that i've never gotten into is the relationships with all of the townsfolk just because there's so many people and you lose friendship points if you don't talk to them every single day and it just i struggle with that and that's my hang up even though it's like a minimal amount of friendship points i don't want to lose friendship points okay <laughs> that's a, just let me keep them that's an old hook line and sinker <laughs> thing of the animal crossing games i believe that's an aspect of those harvest moon had a little bit of that too um, it doesn't really you don't really feel too much of it in the game though it doesn't really feel like it's ever punishing you 
Other than if you stay out too late, uh, then you lose your stuff and lose some gear. Or if someone catches you going through the trash can, which happens to me quite often because I can't help but rifle through every trash can I walk past. Every time she goes into the main <laughs> town of this game, she has to rifle through the trash can. So there are different characters. You actually can have marriage and have kids. Uh, it's not very, I, I would call this aspect almost skin deep. Yeah. It doesn't really change the game too much other than... If you try to flirt with other characters, you can get in trouble. And there's some nuances there. But how you build a relationship is basically giving them a present twice a week, three times if it's their birthday. And just try to fill up the heart meters for the characters. Is it anything more complicated than that? No. No, I wouldn't think so. So we're currently playing it on the Switch, like we said before. And... I think this is kind of our best best version of the game because you can take it anywhere you go. Yes. I guess you could do that on the Vita as well, but you have the option of putting it on the TV with the Switch, uh, and I don't know if there's an easy way to do that with the PlayStation Vita. Well, and if you want to play it on mobile, you can download it for iOS and Android. We haven't done that because just having it on the Switch is dangerous enough. We don't need it on our phones that we have on ourselves 24-7. Yeah. But when you travel, you can play the game offline. Yep. So you have something to play on airplanes. If you're not watching a movie or if there is no in-flight movie, it's a good distraction. Yep. Uh, if you if you're going somewhere where there is no Wi-Fi, there's not many places in North America like that. But if you uh, happen to find one, that's a great game to take with you. So, uh, how many hours do you think we have into this game? How many hours do you have in this game? Oh Lord, um, I think I have started new games. I want to say I had at least four on the PlayStation, and I've had at least six on the Switch, just restarting and starting a brand new game from scratch, so that is ten brand new games. I would say probably close to 100 hours. Should I go grab the Switch and look? No, no, that's okay. (laughs) I would say I've probably accumulated at least 60 hours in this game and probably closer to the 100 mark. Uh, like you said, whenever you start a new game, you're looking for different relationships with different characters, because uh, there's always little story points with them that are cute little fun cut scenes. Uh, you just find different ways you want to build up your farm. If you're the type of player that likes to micromanage every last little system of your farm, you can do that. You can make pathways, you can make fences, you can plant certain crops in certain spots, or you, or if you're the player like us that just likes to plant and go, you can put everything right next to each other and have it grow. There are four seasons in the game, so you have to be mindful of what you're planting in the days and how long they take to grow, because if you go over, you're going to lose some of your crops if you don't you know, harvest them in the right time. Yeah. So I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. Let's actually start with how the game begins. So when you first start out, like you said in the review there, you actually move into Stardew Valley and you uh, inherit your grandfather's farm and you have about 500 golds in your pocket and you have some starter tools, I think, hand-me-downs. Yeah, and is it 15 parsnip seeds? Yes, and they give you a little present of 15 parsnip seeds. And your first goal in the game is to plant and harvest 15 parsnip seeds no i think it's just one. Oh well something along those also lines. one of your first goals is to build a chicken coop and you can't do that until like the fall if you're really dedicated so, so <laughs> some of the goals are a little unattainable so uh, the first couple days is you clearing out your farm because you have it's overgrown with trees weeds bushes rocks stones it's just littered with uh forest litter depending or whatever farm you have it's it's got litter over it and so you have to make an area to plant your first set of seeds 
after you do so, after about, I'd say, a week or so, um, you'll get a little cutscene, and it talks about the abandoned uh, community center. Yeah, I believe it's anytime after day four when you enter town after 9 a.m. and when it's not raining, which sounds very specific, but it's not that hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you go there you get a little brief history about how it used to be very vibrant and it was a big draw for the town but now it's run down and shabby uh and when you enter it uh these little forest creatures trigger an event long story short you get a whole bunch of goals to kind of repair the community center and you do this by collecting different things and turning them into the community center into the bundles yeah they have different bundles um there's there's a fishing one there's a foraging one there is a you know animal there's a bulletin board there's something that has strictly to do with the mines we'll get to that in a minute there's all sorts of different bundles uh that you can fulfill in different goals and each of them unlock little perks for you throughout the game uh but that's it kind of gives opens up the game to give you an, an objective of a I would say a quote unquote beating the game. There is no actual end to the game, but it gives you a goal of what you can consider a uh, before the after end game uh, content fills in. Any anything else that I'm missing in that in that portion there? No, not really. It starts when you unlock the community center, quote unquote. You have to do the spring foraging bundle, and then once you complete that, which is just finding random objects around all of Stardew Valley, then it unlocks another room that has its own bundles, and then once you finish another bundle, it'll open another room, and I think there's six or seven total, and then... Every time you finish a bundle, you get a little prize. And then once you complete a room, it's bigger goals. So one of them is to fix the greenhouse on your property, which is always our number one goal. Or to repair the bus to the desert. Yeah, which is another good goal. Uh, having the greenhouse, for instance, lets you grow crops uh, of all seasons anytime you want. There's yes. no, uh, no time limit for you. You can just plant them inside all you want. So it's a nice perk to have. Uh, going through the game. So after a little while, it's not just a farming simulator. There is an area to explore called the mines, and that opens up after a week or so into the game. Uh, the pathway is blocked for a little while, and then it opens up. I think an earthquake opens it or something like that. And you get a little the guy from the Adventurers Guild that wants you to journey into the mine and I think slay some slimes. that Ten are slimes. So these little... They're actually cute looking little guys that hop around, but they uh, do some good damage to you. And the more you progress in the mine, you unlock items and you get more better weapons, better armor and some, I think, some cosmetic stuff in there, too. Yeah, like you get boots that boost your um... defense yes. and armor and speed and you can get rings that let you see in the dark uh, or drain health from enemies or pull items towards you. So if you're foraging, they'll come towards you rather than you having to walk right over them lots of little things like that and then you get different weapons there's hammers there's daggers there's swords the lead rod that there's we always seem to find and then can't sell yeah there's certain <laughs> items that you just either way it's actually it adds a aspect of what we would say zelda or an action rpg uh into the mix of a farming simulator which it's very unique not many games do it 
that well. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you get consistently throughout the mines are different geodes that you can take to the blacksmith Clint in town, who has a terrible crush on, is it Emily? Yeah. Yeah, who yeah. an amethyst at one point. I've played this game too much to know all of this <laughs> off the top of my head. So, and then you take those geodes and you can actually turn them into a museum from a guy named Gunther. Gun- we, Gunther, Gunter? we call him Gunther. Gunther, that's a... a <laughs> Adventure Time. Adventure Time uh, reference, if anyone watches that. But anyway, Gunther, uh, Gunther uh, will give you prizes for building up the museum. too. It's just a lot of little fun objectives and dot points for you to get yourself into uh, into into the game and get you into the world. And every time we play, we find ourselves drawn in. And an hour or so, hour or two goes by, and you just realize that, oh my gosh, we've been playing two or three hours, and it may have only been a week, two weeks in the game. Yeah, a, a day takes you about 15 to 20 minutes. Okay. So there were a lot of nights when we first started playing this, and honestly still now when we play it, that it's, you know, 15 minutes close to our bedtime because we are adults and have bedtimes. <laughs> and actual jobs <laughs> the next day. And... Uh, I'm like, oh, I can play one more day. And then you get to the next day and it's like, oh, the egg festival is tomorrow. Okay, we can play through that. And then you're up a half an hour, 45 minutes past your bedtime because you ended up playing an additional four days just to get to the next point in the game, more or less. Yeah. So that's a lot of the early stuff. You're going to encounter almost all this stuff within the first couple weeks of the game. Definitely. And the more you play through, you'll unlock other areas. There is a... In fact, there's two other, there's one hidden area, I'd say, which I won't discuss here, uh, but there is a main area you'll unlock, which is the desert, uh, and that's a later game experience, because you can you can take the bus there, and they have a, a separate mine system that you have to unlock. I'm, again, I'm not going to explain how you unlock any of this. Uh, you'll have to play for yourself, but... Uh, it is a end game goal because they are very difficult to play through. I think the first time you go in them, if you are underpowered or don't have enough gear, you will just you'll get crushed pretty quick. Yes, and you lose items that are on you, and you have zero health, and you wake up in the hospital back in Stardew Valley, and everybody is disappointed in you. And the next day, and, it hurts. <laughs> and the next day you'd have less energy, yep. and it just. You want to go prepared. So if you're getting to the point, you get to the desert. Don't don't feel like you have to rush and get to see everything. It's always going to be there once you unlock it. There's no time limit that keeps you away from any of this stuff here. No. So when you get to the desert, so as you go through the mines, there's uh, certain levels get you certain ores, and that's how you upgrade all of your different weapon systems or tools. And the highest you can get is Iridium, and you can only get Iridium either through Omnigeodes that Clint breaks open or in the desert. But the desert, they don't start, the rocks that have the ore in them don't start showing up consistently until like floor 20, I think. 2025. 2025. You might get lucky and find one on like 15. But it's very hard to make it that far if you don't go prepared. So take a lot of food. If you have spicy eel to increase your luck and increase your speed, please take like at least two with you because the last over half a day for sure. Um, and always have bombs, especially if you're just trying to go to mine the iridium ore and you want to power through. Like one of the late game goals is to make it to floor 100. And we finally did that in this last game. We may have cheated and the 
surprise on floor 100 may have made a comment about cheating but <laughs> we made it yeah it uh it the game judges you the for some reason and i don't like being judged stardew valley <laughs> so uh overall uh what are your what are your main likes about this game what 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 is the biggest draw for you that you can do so many different things We've played it a lot where we'll get to the point where we start to get bored where, you know, I'm on the fifth day of playing in a session and I look at you and go, okay, what am I doing today? Because I don't, I don't necessarily feel like fishing all day. I don't necessarily feel like going through the mines. I don't know what my goals are. What do you want me to do? What was I trying to say? Yeah, she, <laughs> the point she's getting at is sometimes I set the goals for her to do. I, I say I your objective is to get to this, to get to this, to get to this. So it lets her line up her days so she has objectives throughout each day. Because there is so much, only so much you can do in one day. And you have a lot of options sometimes yes. on how to fill your time for the days. Uh, especially in the winter season when there isn't a lot of, you can't really grow crops. So you're doing a lot of stuff outside. Or you're trying to figure out how to get through the mines, or you're going to be fishing, and you just kind of you want to plot out your course. So you know how to um, get through the different months of the game, and what's the most. Sometimes you're like if you're like us, like optimal playing, or if you're one of those people that really gets anal about you know how their farm looks, that's a good time to touch up on the look of your farm and work on that kind of stuff too. Or you know start mining for or uh not mining farming for wood and hardwood and stone so that you can start upgrading your house because those get very expensive or the other expensive things are barns so that you can get cows goats sheep and pigs and each you have to upgrade the barn as well to unlock some of those animals and that upgrade gets very expensive (laughs) and the same with the coop you get chickens you get white or brown get one of each because that's a goal in the community center a particular kind of egg uh ducks rabbits and then you can also get a void chicken which is a black chicken and he lays void eggs which you can make void mayonnaise and you can also get a little baby dinosaur he's my favorite (laughs) or a pepper rex baby dinosaur i guess is his actual name (laughs) And so, uh, what are some of your uh, what are some of your dislikes with the game? What would you say uh, are some negative points? Um, I kind of already touched on. Sometimes you kind of get into like the monotonous. Okay, what do I do? Just because there's so much, or you powered through so quickly that you're kind of in a lull of like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. waiting for this season. I'm waiting for spring, but I'm only on day twelve of winter. Um, that would be one of my dislikes, but that's more personal and how I pace myself in playing. I would also say, and I touched on this earlier, but the, um, relationships, I don't necessarily, I don't know. It's not a bad part of the game, but it's not something I've ever really focused on seriously. I usually just focus on who am I going to marry this time and just bombard them with gifts until I get enough hearts to propose to them. It's very it's very skin deep. Uh, I mean, we're asking something a lot of one person I know. Who's, who's doing this game. And it's not even a big problem. It's just something that I personally don't 
feel needs to be super great but also i think the first time i married somebody i married the worst spouse in the game do not marry sebastian he is not good i don't like him yeah he does kind of suck a whole he sucked before you even married him (laughs) not as bad as shane no the characters evolve a little bit as you get to know them more and some of them stink beforehand and they're good afterward but uh sometimes they just suck the whole way through and there's just no way of getting around that yep and my other dislike which is less of a dislike now is that wintertime can be kind of boring as well especially if you're like us and by the time winter comes around you're already upgraded your tools to iron so you've already made your way or even if you've upgraded most of them to gold you've already upgraded your way through the mines and it's harder to get things in the winter and there was less to do in the winter, but with the last big update that they did, he added in a night market on the ocean, and that is awesome. So that's like a nice lull in the middle that kind of filled in that gap. Mm-hmm. And we, we're we not really the big micromanaging on our farm, so I think we would get more enjoyment out of it because that's a really good time to start customizing your fencing, yes, building up your farm, like de- making it more decorative rather than just a place to make a, a gob, you know set up a weird layout you can start building the farm and into patterns and layout so how you plant your crops looks fun adding in pathways the winter time's a good time to fill in those gaps yes because you will be making less money in the winter time than you are the rest of the season so you kind of have to play around that too to make it through the season so uh, at the end of each of these uh episodes we're going to give it a the game a rating a one out of five stars so uh I'm going to go first and say I, I give it about a 4.5 out of 5. You stole my rating. <laughs> uh, it's it's near perfect for me. Uh, it's really, really a solid game. It's very enjoyable. It will gives you tons of hours. It travels well. Um, other than some minor little gripes about all the different, uh, you know, like the relationships are only skin deep, and I wish there would be a little bit more intuitive. But he's constantly working and updating the game, so I can cross my fingers and just hope that he adds some more in because every time he adds a new update we always seem to start a new game and play through it at least two or three years in game not not in our lives though we have been playing this game the past three years on and off so for you pretty much the same yeah i would say four and a half obviously i've restarted the game 10 different times because i'm crazy but it's such It's almost a comfort game at this point where, you know, after a long day of work, if you've had a a bad day, if you just want to sit and relax and just kind of let your mind go, it's a great game to just pick up and play for an hour or two and just melt into a couch. It is absolutely that. Uh, And so as we're going to round up these episodes here, uh, normally we... If you have questions or you want to leave questions with us, this would be the point in time that we can answer any of those questions. Maybe it's about something that we said the week before, or you have questions about something we want to do in the future. We can always go over that. But the place you can reach us is uh, on Twitter at, at GamingMarriage, and then at Gmail, GamingMarriage at gmail.com. And then we'd like to leave you with a little song of the week. Yes. This is only our first episode, and you lovely listeners, all, like, two of you probably, don't know much about us aside from our names and that I have a problem playing Stardew Valley too much. So, I love music. You can thank my dad and my brothers for that, and kind of my mom. Not so much her. She's fine. (laughs) (laughs) 
But um, music is always a big part of my life. And so I thought it would be fun if after every single episode we had a song of the week because I think we're going to try to do these weekly. If not, we'll do a bi-weekly we'll song figure, of we're, the... we're still We're still figuring out a schedule. Um, yeah. Definitely get one in this week and then expect us to, you know... Show up at some other point. Some other point. We'll 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 announce it on the Twitter and and just you know if you give us a follow, medias, yeah, yes. and we'll we'll start adding more in there. Uh, hopefully, this will be available on all your different uh, podcasts. Uh, Apple, I should say Apple. Po- is it Apple Podcasts? It's just podcasts. Is it just podcasts yes. with them? Uh, Google Play has a podcast section. I think there's all sorts of different ones. Yeah. We'll yep. upload to almost all of them if yep. we can. So. so this week's song of the week is going to be, no one's going to expect this of me, except for you, because you know me. Yeah. 300 Pounds of Joy by Howlin' Wolf. Why is that the song of the week this week? Because last week we went and saw the Blues Brothers perform. It was Dan Aykroyd and Jim Belushi, since it can't be John Belushi unless his ghost is around somewhere. In which probably case, is. That'd be sweet. He's probably there. But one of the songs they played, I think it was their third song of the night, which I did not expect them to play, was 300 Pounds of Joy by Helen Wolf, written by Willie Dixon, as most things from Chess Records were. So if you have not heard the song before, go give it a listen on Spotify, pull it up on YouTube, Apple Music. This is also not sponsored by any of the things I just mentioned, and definitely not Chess Records or Helen Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Thank you guys for joining with us today, and uh, hopefully we uh, get to spend more time with you guys. Uh, I'm Matthew. I am Christina. And this is Married with Video Games. Mm.